you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're going to spin because we got a tight window here. All right, ready? And begin. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Of course, things are great here, bustling to say the least, because the NFL season is kicked off, as you may have heard. Welcome to episode number 91 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. Let's get into it right now. No time for musical intros of any kind. Let's say hello to the man seated to my immediate right, ready to help us. Adam Rank, what's the poop, fella? Hey, boss, thanks for having me. Let's get into it. I know. I, didn't, I didn't even <laughs> have time to, no, give, your, to give all the stuff Please. you do. At Adam Rank, done and done. Then seated right across from us, our pal from across the pond, heartbroken after Ryan Tannehill's shabby performance. Some rookies had a good game, some did not. Ryan Tannehill was one of those guys. It's Handsome Hank. How are you, Handsome? Good morning, Dave. I'm very well. It's nice to be in the cupboard here with a few other people as well. It's the cupboard. Here. It, it <laughs> is a foot. Talk about bustling. It, it is a full house, and I couldn't uh, be happier about it. Also, from around the league, the two fellas, the t- two of the breakout stars of the Dave Damashek football program in uh, over the last six weeks or so. First of all, from around the league, Dan Hanzoos. Hi, guys. I'm very excited to be here. Great week one for me personally. So yes, ready to uh, roll New today. York Jetropolitan's fan. We'll talk about that yeah. in a second. Oh, yeah. Also from around the league, not as happy because he had another one of those aforementioned uh, shoddy rookie QBs, Cleveland Browns fan. Mark Sessler, what's the poop, fella? Maybe the worst rookie QB of the week? Easily. Right? Well, I mean, listen. Ever? This, it was ugly. I have a History. feeling people say, well, there's no way you can you, you can show Brandon. We- you know he was going to have a bad game after he gets trapped under the American flag the way he did. Yes. I have a feeling that this is one of those ones that just haunts his entire career now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that, that he ever gets out from under that's that. That's just Ryan Lee. Is, is too easy to break out, isn't it? Every time. <laughs> it's, his, it's his Ryan Leaf knock it off moment. <laughs> right, or his yeah. Gus Farratt uh, headbutt into the cement <laughs> yeah. wall moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah it that's... was an ugly tone setter. I mean, I, there's no way around it. Yeah, very a dark moment. In you should have cut him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Me, <laughs> and then also let's say hello to the man behind the glass, back in the seat after blue tie filled his shoes at the end of last week on episode number ninety. It's black tie. What's the poop? What's going on, guys? I had to fly out of town again. Sorry. But yeah, I'm where, you been, where are you vacationing this week? <laughs> Real right. quick, I just want to give a shout-out to, uh, you know those guys in the public bathrooms? Who, uh, <laughs> what is this? You're, you're Wait, breaking on, into no material? One. Their only job is to hand people towels when they're done in the bathroom. Yes, I'm yeah. familiar with them. Shout-out to those guys. You know, if you're listening, keep your heads up. Giving you a shot. <laughs> Why are you giving them? I just, I just said no theme music, no anything. We don't have time. We have to talk football. You're giving shout outs to people whose names you don't know. Through my many travels recently, I realized that some jobs are not as nice as 
what we get to do. So okay. right. I'm giving a shout out to so people. So this, this okay. is the way, this is how you try to make yourself feel better since there are now people on Twitter who actually have created a, a handle at Fire Black Tyler. Like, well, at least I, I'm not that guy. That's how you make yourself feel that, better, that's Black Tyler. I'm, looking at it. I'm so just shout happy. Shout out to those guys. I'm just happy. I was a little nervous for a second that he was going to talk about like roadside bathrooms, like, uh, oh, the, like the guys. parkways or something. <laughs> the Minnesota Senator. Yeah. 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 All right. That well, was listen. an airport, by the way. Way, a little classier. <laughs> All right, where to begin here? We have Nate Burleson coming up for you in just a minute in front of uh, what should be an interesting game. I think a lot of people are handing this one already to the 49ers. We'll get Nate Burleson's thoughts on that. The Lions barely survive against the the team that Hanzoos and I at least say is going to be better. The Rams are going to go 8-8, eight and eight, and, I, and I stand by that after seeing how they looked uh, up in Detroit. But I guess... Well, then there's Peyton Manning. We have to talk about RG3. But let's start off with the Jetropolitan. So much talk about them from the moment they went out and got Tim Tebow. And they come at Tim Tebow, putrid as expected, but the rest of the Jets, pretty good. Yeah. I think this is one of the biggest games of Sanchez's career because if he lays an egg in week one, he's getting booed. The the media is going to come down hard on him. You know, everything that people speculated in the preseason would have been turned up to 11. But since he comes out, he throws three touchdowns, he looks confident, and Tebow, uh, best of all, barely does anything out of the Wildcat. I mean, he's in a great spot now, as are the, the Jets in, ter- in general right now. Did you think, I th- uh, to me, as I'm watching when Sanchez tries to flip that uh, pass early right. in the game and it gets picked off, I thought, uh-oh, this, yeah. Is, yeah. That was, this is grave. That was, you, that was very close to a situation where if he made one more bad throw, then the, the – <laughs> The drunken fans of the Meadowlands were going to go nuts. Mm-hmm. So all the yeah. all the fans of the Meadowlands, yeah. pretty much. And, and the most, yeah, and yeah, I've been there. That's the way it is. But and then most, the most surprising thing that came out of the game is that Tebow at one point comes out into the red zone after Sanchez leads him down the field, and the crowd starts booing Tebow. And like, who predicted that? Uh, after all this speculation in the preseason about Sanchez being the one that's getting booed with Tebow chance being uh, ringing through East Rutherford. Look into the crystal ball. Do you think, though, that now it suddenly sets up for, you know, the, the potential circus train wreck of this, uh, uh, you know, of, of Tebow versus Sanchez and everything. All of a sudden now, it seems to me that defenses are going to have to be more conventional in trying to, to stop Mark Sanchez, who was effective in the red zone last year. We talked about that last week. Um, so now they're going to have to be more conventional, and that's when they'll hit them with Tebow, yes? I don't know. I, I, I know Tannenbaum said right before the season started uh, that he saw Sanchez on the field 80 to 90% of the snaps. Uh, but I really think it's all going to come down to week one, the only thing that didn't work on offense was Tebow. And if, if, it, if it doesn't work in Pittsburgh, they're just going to phase it out in my mind. They might break it out you know, to throw teams off kilter, but it's not going to remain an active part of their game plan if it, if it doesn't work in September. But does it have to be? Because it sounded like the Buffalo Bills were so worried about it right. that they forget the, the and, game and plan and so for the other never, parts. You never tell anyone you're phasing it out. You, you dangle it out there every week right. and say that this is a possible, whoa, we're going to break out this magical offense. And then people that want to get behind that will say, well, Immediately after two uh, Tebow uh, Wildcat plays, Sanchez threw two touchdown passes. Yeah, maybe you could read into it like that, but you know, I don't necessarily do that. I want to. I'm curious what happens in Pittsburgh to see what happens with this Wildcat. Yeah, I want to. We'll get. We'll dig into that game a little bit. Uh, Mark Sessler, what did you make of on Monday night? I think one of the big stories, or really of of the entire week one, is. 
you know, Joe Flacco says in the offseason, I think I'm the best quarterback in the game, and we all laugh, but there's the the model that Eli Manning laid out a year ago by declaring himself elite. I have since declared the word elite is nonsensical, and I (laughs) refuse to acknowledge it any further. But Joe Flacco, really good? I think so. I mean, the Ravens as an offense look as complete as they've looked in years. I mean, they really just, they have they have Torrey Smith now, a nice target downfield. Flacco just, he's confident. He looks different to me. I mean, I really want to wait and see on him, though, in the sense that Flacco, there's the good Flacco, and then there's bad Flacco. And we get completely convinced, you know, they torched the Steelers to open week one last year, but it wasn't too long before the other Joe Flacco emerged, and you're just wondering if this guy even practiced during the week. I think the Ravens are just a more complete, consistent team than they've been in the past, but I want to wait. I haven't seen more than one game. I agree with you in that because I was exactly I was going to refer to the exact same thing at home in Baltimore to start the season last year. Pittsburgh rolls in there, they smoke them, but it's different. As the, the comparison I always make is is that uh, the Steelers are Moby Dick and the and the Ravens are Ahab. Their obsession with the Steelers trumps all, and that's why every time they play a game after that game they always lose or come out flat and that I think a little bit different this year I think they have a different swagger this defense is not going to be as good even though it did have its moments against Cincy on Monday night it's going to be about uh, Joe Flacco I think they're going to try to play a different kind of ball and Torrey Smith although he wasn't uh, a huge factor against the Bungles I think that uh, he will be as a C I think he's going to end up being or should I say he's an elite wide receiver? Can I apply elite <laughs> no. to wide receivers? No. no Handsome. What was uh, what was your takeaway? What was your big story of week one? What was buzzing? Well, the I, man who runs the homepage at NFL.com. <laughs> what was drawing the heat what from was the drawing viewers? The heat? Well, for me, it was you know scoring is up. Uh, passing yardage is up. Field goals are up. Everything's up. It was exciting. Um, and so I just it was exciting to get back to football. I, I, what I really liked is like the breathless offense. Everyone was, was running hurry-up offenses. You saw just a ton of plays being run. It was, it, was, it was different. The NFL's changing fast. Rank, what did you make of one of the big stories? Peyton Manning's performance. Is this now, or do, do you adjust how you, because you and I both say middling results for the, mm-hmm. for the Broncos this year. You and I both hip on the Chiefs to win the to win the West. Are you now adjusting that after 60 minutes? If the Chiefs' defense can't get healthy, it's going to be a problem for them. They looked a little bit uh, un- undermatched going up against the Falcons, who were just able to throw all over them. Matt Ryan looked fantastic. The Falcons look a lot better than a lot of people were giving them credit for at the beginning of the year, or at least I was not giving them the credit. The Chiefs are going to have to do some work on defense, and the Broncos, the scary thing was is that they were pretty balanced. Peyton Manning didn't have to do a whole lot, and then when he did have to do something, he looked pretty good. So the the Broncos are probably going to be, if they can keep Peyton Manning healthy, and it didn't look like there were any ill effects. I know you've talked about Peyton Manning not being able to last the season. I'm talking to Hank. Uh, I, I didn't see that it, like it's going to be an issue. No, right. I mean, not right now, but I, I just feel like there's a hit coming along mm-hmm. the along the track somewhere where um, he's not going to make it. I think he. I think calling Ma- Manning's week pretty good is an understatement. The guy once they went into the no huddle in the second well, quarter, they never that, stopped him again. Three well, touchdowns and a field goal. Yeah, Tim Tebow him. also torched that defense last year. Uh, it was without. They were without Ryan Clark. They were without James Harrison. 
they had some other injuries there too. So hey, let's let's make sure the Steelers are who we think they are before we say, hey, well, you know, that was a good point. It is troubling about the Steelers that that offensive line that they took. Uh, you know, they they really their focus clearly in the draft was let's fix this offensive line, which has been crummy for five years now. And obviously, DeCastro goes down; he may or may not play at all this year. Mike Adams, the second round pick out of Ohio State, looks like a complete bust. I know offensive linemen round into shape. Um, or they just get round and then they uh, eat themselves out of the league. But Mike Adams right now struggling there, cannot be put in there at the left tackle, certainly, and they optimistically hoped he would. So that's a real concern. But to Rank's point, yes, Ryan Clark's not out there. He makes a big difference in the secondary. What we learn more than anything else is that Peyton Manning I uh, overstated this whole, he's a coach on the field. You know, he's re, he's he's redefining the way the quarterback position is played because he's calling plays out there on the field. Yeah, until they about 20 years to. ago, they all did. So mm-hmm. so that's fine. But what he did do cleverly was identify where the, his, where Ryan Clark's replacement, Ryan Mundy, was on the field and just picked on him all through the second half and abused him in particular. And then, once again, Demarius Thomas owned Ike Taylor. That, that, that's, yeah. Yes. That Tim Tebow, Peyton Manning can change. Right. The one thing that ain't changed is Ike Taylor, you don't want to play Demarius Come Thomas on, yeah. ever again. Again, it, it wasn't like it, he threw a bomb to him. It was a it was a short little screen, boom, gone. Yeah, so uh, I will be um, interested to see with, I mean, the, the, the thing is, the my takeaway more than the Peyton Manning aspect is Von Miller is maybe going to be a top two or three defensive player, however we can mm. gauge these sorts of things, with JPP and DeMarcus Alden Ware. Smith. Alden Smith. Alden Smith is a Alden guy. I mean, but he's up there. Von Miller is, is dominant with the speed. There's just nothing you can do to handle that, and that's never going to go away. And then you have a capable pass rusher on the other side. Now, now you know, now I, I think, well, let's, let's have mulligans now. If you want to change your divisional picks, I'll allow it one week into the season. We've at least seen a little bit of work here. I do caution you that people getting too high or too low about things. As I wrote the other day in Major League Baseball terms, I wrote a new checklist, which you can find uh, NFL.com slash S-H-E-K. Um, I, you know, we're 10 games into the Major League Baseball season. At that point in 2012, back in April, the Mets were in first place. So, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. But now you can have a mulligan. Are you changing your pick in the AFC West, Hanzoos? No, I mean, I had the Broncos, so I'm staying there. So you like it, yeah. Sessler? I think I will. You are going to make the change. I think I will. I'll tell it's you why. Man. I, I was just very impressed with Manning, and uh, I, I had them finishing 7-9. and nine. Why not? You're giving me a chance to change? Are you going to change? Well, also, the other thing to consider is I know the the backup punter is – I'm a backup uh, snapper, long snapper is the story from uh, from the Chargers-Raiders game, and deservedly so. That obviously just throws the whole second half out the window, and you can't read too much into it. But the Chargers look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Are they a factor now? I think they're always a factor because you don't know if they're going to either start slow and then blow up at the end of the season or do the exact opposite. I mean, I think, you know, Phillip Rivers makes that team dangerous in any game during the season. But uh, Denver takes that division. I felt like I didn't learn anything from the Chargers yesterday. I mean, I I thought that the Raiders didn't show up. Uh, Palmer wasn't looking anywhere but at McFadden to pass the ball. McFadden had 13, it was weird. 13 catches. I know he was playing without his top receivers, Palmer was. but And then you had, like you said, the special teams mishaps. Um, the Chargers didn't have to do much on offense. And even with those bad snaps, 
they only got three field goals out of two horrible snaps and a blocked punt. So uh, Philip Rivers didn't blow my mind either. So I, I need well, to wait on Ronnie this. Brown was playing. I think the right, team will be a little bit different when Ryan Matthews yes. is in there. Perhaps if he's healthy. I just, I'm mm. not, you know. In on Ryan Matthews. But Darren McFadden did look good. He just seemed to be, I mean, too much of the focal point of that offense. When your guy, yeah. when you're, the guy is coming out of the backfield, it's a little hard for him to get right. downfield. But once the Raiders decided to try to push the ball downfield, Carson Palmer happened to look pretty good. He actually had some zip on the ball like I haven't seen in three or four years out of that guy. So maybe that's cause for optimism. But uh, handsome, you, li- you still like uh, who you like in the AFC West? I picked the Chargers, actually, and I think... I mean, I I was very impressed with what Peyton did, but I'm going to be I'm going to stick to my word. I'm going to stick with the Chargers and and say that you know that division is going to eat itself, and one of them comes out on top with a nine and seven record. And at some point, the weather's going to change in Denver too, and we got to see how Manning responds to that. And we're not, and yeah, that's a, a a valid point that'll be interesting to see in the AFC East. Jets give anybody any reason for uh, for concern? I just want to slow Patriots. all of this down. I mean, I'm happy that the Jets fans have had their, having their fun and everything else, but the, it was the Buffalo Bills, and I think people got very overexcited about the Bills' defense during the off season with with the Mario Williams signing and then a few of the other additions they made. I'm not so. I didn't see anything. I mean, and again, we shouldn't judge anything from the preseason. But in the preseason, they were dire, mm-hmm. and they were terrible again on Sunday. I like that. It was dire. What about? Um, yeah, and, and of course, it's important to keep in mind that Ryan Fitzpatrick is still their quarterback. Yes, that's right. a re- that's a real that's problem. A problem. All right, one word answer. Let's go around real quick here, starting with you, Rank. I'm going to go through the divisions. You just tell me who's going to win it now. I don't care who you said in the past. Just tell me one word. AFC East. Patriots. 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 AFC North. Raven. Ravens. Ravens. Steelers. Really? Wow, I like where your head's at. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say the Ravens. I said the Bengals, but after, after that abusive, uh, uh, the, the abusive uh, game that they just laid on uh, Andy Dalton and company, hard not to do that one. AFC South. Texans. 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 All right, I, I, I'm going to say the Texans, but I do still like the uh, the Titans to get into the playoffs. Um, AFC West, you see, Chiefs. You're staying with the Chiefs. Broncos. Broncos. I'm going with the Broncos too. I got to get off the Chiefs there now. Yeah. <laughs> why, do people, why are people so quick to make excuses for the Chiefs? I noticed Adam did it earlier because he year, and I. But well, he well, picked no, them to la- go to the Super Bowl. I know that, but last year it was all about well, they had all these injuries. Other teams just get slammed injuries regardless. Right. Like, the Chiefs, and then uh, the same again. Oh, well, if their defense gets healthy. Well, tough. You know, that's what depth is about. Also, they they got lit up at home, too. Right. That was a pretty mm-hmm. troubling loss. I know Atlanta has potentially a great offense and maybe the league's best offense if everything clicks. But, I mean, to get a 40-burger laid on you at home in your opener, it's that's a disconcerting situation. Two words, Romeo Cornell. <laughs> yes, touche. <laughs> yeah, those are my two words for you, touche. Uh, Rank, let's go to the <laughs> NFC. The East, the Cowboys look good. Sticking with the Cowboys. You're sticking with them? Sticking with the Cowboys. Sticking with my Giants. Giants. I'm going to... I, I'm real. I, I don't want to just be so. I, I don't want to be Romney esque and uh, and uh, and just keep switching everything. So I'm going to stay with the Eagles. But uh, but uh, yeah, Michael Vick not looking exactly terrific in Cleveland. Nick NFC Foles. North, interesting. Now Packers looking up at uh, the other three teams in the in first place. Sticking with the Bears. Sticking with the Bears. Same. Packers, come on. Packers is the correct answer there. NFC South, Atlanta look gangbusters, but Tampa looks nifty. Rank. Sticking with the Falcons. Saints. I had the Saints. I'm sticking with it. Same. Saints. 
Oh, no. I'd actually pick the Panthers. I was saying if anybody was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot. But all the Falcons. By the way, Cam Newton scares a bit. Just, it's frightening. Grimes now out, though. Grimes out, and uh, that is bad for Atlanta, but I think they, they're they set up to be one of those Seems teams like that just outscores everybody. As long as, well, you know, as long as they can play at home. I, mean, I know they lost to the Packers at home two years ago, but they don't have to go outside to play the Giants so they can play a home couple of home games in the playoffs. That team's pretty scary. Yeah, no mirage to the way they the way they ran things in KC on Sunday. They're not going to Michael Turner no. is not going to emerge as a factor unless he gets completely ignored. Then they can uh, you know, they can they don't use need him. Yeah, they're, they're, yes, the offense has shifted away from that kind of uh, football. NFC West. This one we don't even need to talk about, right? Niners, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wait, question. what about what about the Cardinals now? All right, go ahead and make your case. No, I'm not going to make my case. Good. Is Kevin Cobb the best non-pressure quarterback ever? Like when it when it doesn't matter when he's playing with house money, he's fabulous. He did it when he filled in for Michael Vick. Then he goes into that game against the Seahawks where it doesn't matter that they the Cardinals look terrible anyways. It's like, yeah, whatever. They throws when he completes six of eight passes, leads the team down, touchdown. Who but are when, you? But, but no, when he starts, he's the Mike Tomzak. He's, he gets the Mike Tomzak award. He's great off the bench, but if you start him, he he's can't gonna, do yeah. it. Uh, somehow he has to be the Don Strock. That's another guy who was uh, <laughs> who was good in that role. All right, but I heard nobody when we talked NFC East. Nobody brought up uh, the Redskins and their chances to compete. Uh, presumably good defense, and then the, more than Sanchez, Tebow, more than Peyton Manning. I think the story is uh, Robert Griffin the third and the way he looked. Sessler, talk about it. I thought he was, I mean, please, what more could you have asked coming out of the gate? It was strange because they held him back in the preseason, and there was even whispers, you know, he may not even be better than his backup. But that's nonsense. They let him loose on Sunday, and, I mean, look at this guy is just, I don't think we've seen an athlete like this at the quarterback position. He's just, he's special. And, I mean, he's not a rookie the same way we talk about the quarterbacks that, you know, Henry and I seem to have attached ourselves to in the AFC. Yeah, well, we'll get to it. I do want to hear uh, your thoughts on the uh, have-nots there named uh, the Miami Dolphins. I, I, I've been saying that since, I, on one hand, I don't like when people use their anecdotes about, I met him and therefore I know he's going to be good because he told me he was uh. going to be. But I will say, Robert Griffin III, if you watched him at Baylor over the last four years, and for some, a lot of people say, nobody knew anything about him until last year. I remember yeah. him from his freshman year on say, being his, terrific. What are you doing on Saturdays? Yes, yes, I remember watching him over the last four years. But what was really striking, you hear about, oh, he's a law student and everything. But he's clearly one of the brightest guys you can meet in the NFL. And then you add that in to the, to the cannon he has for an arm and the fact that he can run like that. He is slight, and he's not Cam Newton, and that's a, a bogus comparison he's clearly a brighter guy than cam newton is not to diminish cam newton but this guy is a a law student he's a he's a a sharp cat um the only problem for the redskins is i just i still don't love their pass catchers but i but uh i i you know that division once again is is going to be brutal i can it's i'm going to stay with uh with my eagles pick there because i do think that defense should be pretty good and let's not Let's not just assume that Brandon Whedon is a complete bust and maybe looking at it glass half full for Mark Sessler and Browns fans, maybe they just ran into a defense that was supposed to be great in 2011 and will be in 2012. Uh, now, Handsome, talk about Ryan Tannehill, what you saw in Houston. 
Um, okay, I'm going to do a bit of shilling first because only because I I really believe it. Um, I watched. Um, I used NFL Game Rewind. If you haven't bought that product, it's fantastic. You can watch a condensed <laughs> game, so you can, it'll it'll cut out. They all don't the crap they don't copy between, one. It'll cut it'll cut out all the crap between plays, Throw and you can watch a whole game in twenty in twenty minutes. <laughs> and I I um I watched Tannehill last night and watched every snap, and he was um. He did some good things, and he did some things that made you think, well, that's obviously a rookie who's having trouble in this first game against a pretty good defense, to be fair. Um, the, the interceptions were, two of them were on tip passes. Um, he probably was responsible for one of them, and one of them was just unlucky. But uh, it was what you expect from a rookie quarterback. It was exactly what I expected from the game. And actually, through the first 30 minutes, when it was, I think they were in the lead at halftime or just up to halftime, um, I was pretty excited about it, but it w- it went exactly the way I expected it to. All right, quickly, let's go around here with this uh, with this thought. I have uh, all the games from week one in front of me here. Tell me if you think in in as quick as you can, mirage what we saw in a good way or a bad way about the team. Cowboys rank not a mirage. That defense is going to be better. They're going to be in the hunt. They're for real with Demarco Murray. The team wants it this year. Yeah, I think they're going to win ten games. The Bears smoke the, you know, probably not very good uh, Colts at home. What do you think about Jay Cutler, Brandon Marshall, and so on, Handsome? Limbering up for a big one. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what does <laughs> that mean? <laughs> getting, I, I have to really think about You're talking about Thursday night football against uh, well, the Packers. Well, that, but also the rest of the season. Okay. All right. Sessler? Did what they <laughs> needed to do against a weak opponent. And you think this team is for real, a Super Bowl contender? I picked contender. Them to win the division, and I see mm-hmm. no reason to change my pick. Hanzoos? I thought Henry was referring to uh, TD's rest stop adventures again. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think... I don't think <laughs> rank, rank six seconds behind on that one, but he delighted in it when he got it. <laughs> the, the, uh, the Bears, I need to see more. I'm, I'm still not convinced, and the Colts didn't. Beating the Colts doesn't show me anything. <laughs> I forgot everything we were talking about. I like that was so good. The Bears are, are the for Bears real this year. They're, real. they're the second or third best team, I think, in the uh, in the <laughs> NFC this year. Packers. What about the Packers, though, since that's who the Bears play um, on Thursday night? What do you think? The Packers, is it, it's possible that this team, just the defense is not fixed, that they tried to add some pieces there. But, you know, the 49ers uh, beat them up, basically. On both sides. I like Aaron Rodgers, and I like I love the discount double check, and I like that stuff. I don't you like that. So Hold much, on. But anyway. You mean the but, celebration but, he hasn't done in like two years? Oh, I saw him in the preseason. <laughs> he barely does it at all. Why? He hasn't done it in like two years. You know, you always want to adhere to the tight 45, and you're like, hey, we only got like 30 seconds left of the show. But you have no problem dropping like a, a two-minute bid at the top of the show, which I hope was cut out. And now again, when I'm trying to make a point, you come in with your non sequitur. Sorry, it's just a pet peeve of mine. That's yes. All. Speaking of pet peeves, I'm looking right at him. And so the thing is, is that you lost horribly to the to the Giants last year in the playoffs, and you're like, that was on us. We weren't prepared. So you open the following season against the your number one rival in the NFC by betting boys to men that you'll wear an an Alex Smith jersey. If you what, what are you doing? Like I thought this was you're supposed to be focused. You you have it. I mean, you clearly ha- it hasn't gotten through to you that you need to to bear down and focus and try to win games. And you're too busy with this extracurricular stuff. So to me, that's a big concern for the Packers. Well, will that be the headline on uh, on Friday morning on NFL.com? Bear down. <laughs> uh, I try not. That's another one like a Titanic struggle or. 
they just got lucky. Yeah, uh, unlucky. You didn't use that on Monday morning after I, the Colts no, I lost. I told you I yeah. vowed not to use that headline at all. Bear I down, John. I actually have also um, now retired Golden Boys for the 49ers if they do anything good. <laughs> oh, what congratulations. About we should have a running list. Hanzoos. Yeah, that we should. Put that on the Damashek page. Uh, now, uh, now. Uh, Hanzus, what about Mike Vick's performance? He he says that it was you know he apologized to his teammates for not looking very good against Cleveland. How say you? I, I'm a little worried about Mike Vick. I, I just I, I'm starting to get a vet, bad vibe that he's never going to approach what he did in that one season mm. with the Eagles, and he's going to be an up and down guy, and he's going to get hurt, and he won't be an Eagle next year. I, I think it's going to be a rough season for him. What do you think about fellas? We talk about Joe Flacco briefly. I in an AFC that a month or two ago, if you would ask me, I said, "Man, there are there aren't very many teams that I can pick out that aren't going to the playoffs." But that ignores the fact that I don't think there are a lot of top tier teams. The NFC, Forty ers Let's see what the Packers. I, I have to say, my confidence is shaken. I think Aaron Rodgers goes down in history. I'll say it for the millionth time as the greatest quarterback of all time. But I am suddenly kind of nervous, especially, obviously, they need this game against the Bears. They must win this game or they're two-plus down to to that team. But the Ravens now, all of a sudden, they you know the Lee Evans pass and so on. We don't need to mention that ever again. But outside of the Patriots, who's as good in, in the Texans is at the top three, I guess, pretty much, right, Sessler? I think so. I mean, the, the Ravens are just, like, in the, in the form of the Steelers, just such a consistent organization that, you know, they didn't need to go out and add a million new pieces. Ray Lewis just loses 25 pounds, sheds 15 years off his, you know, form and becomes 10 times better than he was four seasons ago. Ozzie Newsom's sitting up there in the, in the box, and he looks delighted. I mean, the Ravens, to me, are, are the team to beat in the AFC. What can I just ask? What is what is Peyton Manning and the Broncos? What do they have to do to become a favorite and be in this conversation? They are a favorite. I th- they're in the mix, but I don't. I don't think that they're, they're probably that fourth team right yeah. now, and they if need they to. Be, they need a couple more wins to to get up to, into that top three. If they go into Atlanta on Monday night and beat the Falcons, are we in on Peyton? Yes, Manning? I think we are in on him already. Though I think it's just that doesn't sound like it. Uh, I know the defense. The defense was dynamite last year. It looks like it's going to be pretty good again. So yeah, what's the bad? What is the flaw of this team? They have two good young wide receivers at least. Jacob well, Tammy had a nice game on Sunday night. I, I guess maybe, we're all make, we're all what Hank said earlier. We're all waiting to see if Peyton Manning can stand. I, think, uh, I just for a need full to see season. more than 60 minutes of, of yeah. him in action. I think the Falcons, that's a great test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Test. Oh, by the way, you know, thinking of, um, you know, we, we, we just had uh, Suck for Luck all last year. Handsome Hank on the last podcast asked for the, you know, the help of the Czech Republic. He, th- he said, what can we call, because everybody knows Matt Barkley is going to be the number one in uh, in the April 2013 draft and who the candidates are to do that. But what shall we call this campaign? Right now the Browns are maybe have emerged after Brandon Whedon's lousy first performance. <laughs> what shall we call it? I solicited submissions. I'll run those on uh, NFL.com slash Sheck later in the week. But I don't think you're going to be able to beat this one. Lay down the welcome, comma, Matt. <laughs> That's my idea. I want T-shirts made. Do you like that? Will you sell that? If I made that in brown and orange, would you buy that as a Browns fan? Today, I'm not jumping ship that quick. Oh, right? really? Yeah. You, you, after, after you go into Cincinnati and lose uh, in week two? Talk to me next week. All right. Kenny, Kenny up his we do. five passer rating. I, I do. Uh, each, each week I do the alternative <laughs> rankings, too, because we like to talk about who's number one. I want to talk about who's going to be number one in April. 
And we've got a couple of representatives here. We've got the Browns, who came in at number four this week, and the Dolphins, who are number three. Ryan Tannehill, back at Tannehill wide receiver not, in no, 2013. Is not the problem for that team. They've <laughs> no, got a bunch of other problems. All face. right, quickly, let's blow through. We have a gangbuster slew of games here. Let's first of all hear from a guy who's going to be playing in one of those games. It is uh, from the Detroit Lions, Nate Burleson. All right, Rank, here he is. We delighted in his company in the offseason, and now he's joining us. Uh, he's one of the 1-0 Detroit Lions looking down at the Green Bay Packers in the NFC North standings. It's Nate Burleson. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Just relaxing, enjoying my day off out here in beautiful Detroit, Michigan. All right, what about that? Is, what, is the buzz like, wow, look at that. The Packers are in last place. No, I don't think people are getting that excited just yet. Um, They're still the big brothers of the conference, and it is early in the season. You know, Coach told us after we won, it really doesn't matter how you start. It's how you finish. You know, regardless if you won your first game or lost your first game, you know, we're still going to have to play a lot more games and win a lot more games if you want to do something special. Let me ask you, a lot of things we have to get into. We'll talk about uh, the Rams game and look ahead to the Niners game in just a second. But something I complain about all the time is this. If you're in the NFC North, and this also goes for the Minnesota Vikings, what do you think as a Lion? Shouldn't you guys rip the dome off? Don't you think it would be cool if you had the home field advantage, especially as it starts to get colder out in in, uh, November and December and then presumably optimistically in January? when you're hosting some home playoff games. Wouldn't it be nice to be outside in the elements? Well, it sounds good in theory. Uh, but as a player, I feel like it's a disadvantage for both teams. You know, I'm a receiver. So if it's snowing and it's cold out there, it's going to be cold for the defense and cold for the offense. So I feel you on, you know, having the advantage and, and opening up the roof. And I played in Minnesota, and now I'm here in Detroit I definitely don't want to play in negative 10, negative 5, 15 degrees. I'd rather be inside, warm, where I can go out there and play ball and not have to worry about the elements. But that's just me from my perspective. Other guys think differently, though. You might see a guy who's in the interior, a a linebacker or a lineman, who wants to play in those conditions because they might have the advantage. But as a receiver, I'd rather have feeling in my fingers than be able to catch the ball. It hurts getting hurt. Believe me, I played plenty of backyard football in the Northeast growing up. It hurts when somebody hits you when it's cold out. But listen, they, they put the dome on there to for the Nancy fans. You know, they, oh. It's nice to be out in the elements, especially when a team like Arizona or somebody like that rolled into town. Not that Arizona's making the playoffs, but a team like that rolls into Detroit if it's nice and cold in January. Distinct home field advantage. Yeah, but everybody, they don't practice outside, so it's not that big mm. of an advantage. Touche, touche. But you talk about yeah, – but you were talking about Coach saying, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. I guess you could have described that as your week one game against the Rams. Matthew Stafford started off a little bit slow. He had the three interceptions, the one touchdown on the final drive. It looked like his mindset changed. What did he say to you guys when you went out on the field with appeared to be, you know, a game-tying field goal, but you guys went in for the win? What was the mindset like in the huddle? You know, after – each intercession, he would get back in the huddle and tell us that we're good to go. Let's go down and score. Let's get back in our rhythm. And I remember specifically at halftime, uh, I forgot who it was. They came up to him and said, hey, man, you all right? You good? And he said, don't worry about me. I'm ready to go. And this is after a couple of mistakes. Uh, and that's the type of player he is. That just shows his maturity. Even though he's young in age, um, he, he plays and approaches the game as if he's been in the league for quite some time. Uh, so I, I knew that he was going to get back into the swing of things. And, and I talked to him actually yesterday after practice, 
and we were just talking about how the game went, and he looked at me and said, aside from those three interceptions, we moved the ball very well. And I, and I told him exactly, you know, that's a great sign for us. You know, we, we can take back an interception. We can make a different decision um, when it comes to placing the ball somewhere or running a better route. Um, now, if we weren't moving the ball, then there's a whole lot of issues we're going to have to address. But we went down, I think it was two 80-yard drives and just made a mistake in the red zone. And for us, it's okay. You know, we're fine with that. We're going to correct those mistakes and get back to Detroit Lions football. Nate, uh, I look. First of all, you're making me look a little bit bad here. I don't mind telling you that. In uh, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you were a swell fellow when you came in here to Studio 66 in the off season. But um, I, I made a. I was singing songs about Titus Young. This was his big breakout year. He only catches one pass, while one Mister Nate Burleson grabs six balls for 70 yards. How say you? What's going on there? Is the are you clearly the guy getting singled up now that Calvin Johnson is being double and triple teamed? Well, you know, in the game, I actually wasn't getting singled up too much. You know, I, I hope that I get single coverage each game. I mean, I think every receiver who has confidence in himself uh, wants to get that type of coverage. But we were getting a lot of zone. They were dropping back. They were making us earn it, which is why we were going 80 yards uh, methodically. 14 play drive. Uh, they didn't want to give us um, too much leeway to go out there and play against a one-on-one coverage DB. But Titus, is a, he's a good receiver. And I told him actually before the game, I, I said, you know, you guys need to find your reason, find your why. Whatever it is, before we get into this game as a group, find your why when we go out there. Um, find what's going to motivate you and get through this game. And I, and I told them that Titus Young and Ryan Broyles, you guys are my why. You guys are my reason this offseason. Um, the, the reason I lost weight and uh, and got in the best shape I've ever been in my career is because I got two hungry second-round draft pick receivers who realistically are here to take my job. And I told them that. So they know what my motivation is, and they know why I go out each day to prove that I'm still the best compliment to Calvin. And, um, and I told Titus, and I know you're coming in every day to prove that you're better than me. And with that type of competition – it's going to make us a better team. Now, there's going to be games where I might catch one or two balls and Titus is going to have, you know, five or six. But as long as we're being productive as a team, you're not going to hear any complaints out of Nate Burles. I like that, the the find your why. You're like Jack Palance talking to Billy Crystal in City Slickers. That's got to be one of your favorite movies, right? I do. I do like City Slickers. You're right about that. <laughs> what about now you're coming up on uh, the big game Sunday night in San Francisco it's the uh, the rematch from uh, from the big story of 2011, the handshake debacle. What's the buzz? Are you guys talking about that at all? Are you talking to to Jim Schwartz at all about whether or not he should shake hands? What, what's what's the buzz in the locker room? Nah, we haven't we haven't talked about it much. I think that's uh, water under the bridge. I don't know how the two coaches are feeling. You know, I can't speak for them, but as players, you know, we're just looking for an opportunity to go and get a game. Um, that we shot, we thought we should have went, we should have won last year. Um, they came down and they played tremendously um, at at our place and won in the last seconds of the game, and that just sat wrong inside of us all year, and it, and it killed us. So uh, we're going to go down there and try to return the favor. You know, they're, they're obviously a team that everybody's gunning for, especially with them beating Green Bay the way they did. Uh, you know, they're they're at the top right now, and we love the challenge of that. 
Let me tell you something, Nate. Let me just give you a suggestion. You know, you remember when you were growing up, I love doing this with my kids all the time. Give me five on the side, down low, too slow. Tell Coach yeah. Schwartz to do that to, to uh, Harbaugh. That'd be, that'd be great. That'd be, that would be shown not just around the U.S. of A., around the globe. Everyone would love that if, he, <laughs> if uh, one coach did that to the other. That would be classic, classic TV right there. I think that would be the most highly watched YouTube clip of the season if he did that. Absolutely, yeah. I, I don't sh- need any credit for it. You take credit for it, and, and it'll be great. I think they should reenact that as an end zone celebration. <laughs> Ooh, I like, hey, you know what? I really like that. I'm in the end zone celebration, so that one right there might be something I pull out in San Fran. Yeah, that's what you got to do that. And and you talk about this. It's a great point that you made about San Francisco beat Green Bay, so you want to beat these guys. But But seriously, like between us. You want to beat Jim Harbaugh a little bit. It just seems like a coach that fires up the opposing players just because he's so demonstrative on the sidelines. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he, he's kind of like that, that player that you hate, but when you play with him, you love him. You know, I remember being in Seattle and coming to Detroit, and Louis Delmas told me, he said, I really hated you. Every chance I had to hit you, I wanted to hit you. Just the way you celebrated, the way you got your guys going, the type of smack talk that you had during the game. I didn't like you at all, but I'm glad you're here now. And you see Jim, and he's the same way. He's fired up. He's over there. He's, he's animated. And you think to yourself, like, man, that guy is doing too much. But I'm pretty sure if I was a player playing under him that I would love him as a coach, and I would go out there and try to do everything I can to play for him just like those guys in San Fran do. What do you think, Nate? I, I, thought, I found it very interesting that uh, in week one against the Rams, Titus Young and you both get carries you both have one on the books now. Are you? Uh, my prediction is is that the the running game gets turned over to Lashore at some point as soon as he gets back. I think he emerges as your number one. Talk about uh, what's going on at running back there this year. Well, we have a lot of depth, obviously, right now. Um, Lashore, he's a great talent. I thought last year losing him really hurt us. You know, it, it did elevate our passing game, um, but we we would have been more balanced with him. Uh, he, he's a tremendous talent. He's the, the closest thing to Ontario Smith that I've seen. And I don't know if too many people remember Ontario Smith. Mm-hmm. He was one of the most mm-hmm. talented running backs I played with in Minnesota. I mean, he could run out of the backfield. He can shake. He can catch. Um, he can move and juke or he, he can run over you. And LaShore possesses those things. And he's a little bit taller and a little bit heavier. Um, so he's going to give us a lot of versatility back there. Uh, but, you know, the thing about our offense is we're going to do whatever we need to do game to game. If we go out there and the team wants to give us – the pass game, then we'll take advantage of that, especially with Calvin Johnson, the best in the game. Uh, if we need to run the ball to win, we'll do that too. So him coming back is going to shake up things a little bit in the backfield, but guys that are back there, they're just going to have to contribute in other ways. You know where you know where LaShore would be really effective? Outdoors in the cold. He's a big guy. It hurts in the fourth quarter trying to tackle a guy like that. So you're really fighting for this outdoor thing. Well, listen, I, I I don't mind saying it's a, it sounds frankly, Nate, like uh, you know you don't want to you don't want to get uh, your mittens off and play in the cold. But this would be a great advantage. Yeah, for enough it. of this cold. Right, listen, all right, listen. The, all right, what I want you to do when the weather gets bad and snow starts falling, if you can send me footage of you right now as a grown man outside mm. playing tackle football. I will sign a petition <laughs> to knock the roof off of every stadium in the NFL. Oh, he's Mr. Fancy Pants. No, he lives listen. in the Hollywood Hills. He, I was he just doesn't see say, snow anymore. When it gets to be December 15th, Rank will go outside and we'll play tackle football when it's no, 62 no, degrees no, out. No, no, not, not in 70-degree weather. I'm talking about somewhere cold and frosty.
All right, I'll jump on an airplane. I'll fly to the banks of the Three Rivers, Pittsburgh, PA, around Christmas time, and I'll play real tackle football. That's the way it's meant to be outdoors. <laughs> All right, listen, Nate, uh, thank you very much for the time. We appreciate it. Remember, give me five on the side, down low, too, too slow. slow. That's the Yo. way to go. That's no, it's got to be the selling. It's, it's, it's not going to be too slow, Joe. It's going to be too slow, Jim, right? Yeah, that's oh, right. Too. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Do that with uh, Harbaugh upon completion of your victory in the stick on Sunday night. Nate, you're a delight. Oh, also, I know you're a music guy. Real quick, give us one. We our our official um, ambassador to music here is Brandon Lloyd of the New England Patriots, of course. But go ahead, you chime in. He gives us his the the music he's listening to to get ready for a game. What is the music you're listening to right now in front of this game against the Niners? Oh, man, it depends on the type of mood I am. Most likely I'm going to be a little bit angry, a little bit frustrated. I'm going to keep replaying last year in the back of my mind. So it's going to have to be something with a little aggression. And to be honest, I like the way Kanye West is is completely disrespectful on tracks. So it will probably be something with Kanye West rapping on it, talking about some nonsense so I can – get my mind right to go out there and and play at a very high, intense level. Excellent, excellent stuff there, Nate. Good choice there. And, yeah, it's fitting because a lot of disrespect, I think, subtle though it is, that the Niners go into Lambeau and win last week. You guys survive against the Rams at home. I think a lot of people are sleeping on you. Here's a chance to uh, remind the world that the Lions are for real. So uh, best wishes to you on Sunday night. All right, thank you. There he goes, the great Nate Burleson. I like him. He's delightful. I like him a lot. Now I I remember what I was going to ask him, too. What was it? Well, his brother, his uh, not his brother, his dad, Al, Mm -hmm. played in the CFL, so I wanted to ask if he ever caught a pass from Dieter Brock. Oh, you stinker. Well played. His father played CFL football. Yeah, he was a CFL guy. Do you know what team he was on? He was on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Blue Bombers. He did catch a pass from, I can almost guarantee it, Dieter Brock would have been his QB then. Yeah, back in the 80s. Too bad. Well, you got what you wanted. You got your Dieter Brock drop. Congratulations, Rank. And uh, and congratulations to us for talking to swell fella Nate Burleson. All right, so that's a great game there. Lions and 49ers, like you say, on Monday night, another dandy. Broncos at Falcons. Look at these games. Titans at Chargers is wonderful. Huge game. Cowboys at Seahawks. A lot of people like the uh, Seahawks going to the playoffs this year, but if they go to 0-2, they're going to be in trouble. Let's see if the Cowboys are for real going on the road in the tough-to-play-in Seattle Stadium there against that good defense. Let's see if Romo that's keeps gonna that going. That's going to be a great game. Bears, Packers, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, yeah, that's that's going to be a great one. Vikings, Colts, oof, that'll go a long way to deciding yep. who is going to lay down the welcome, comma, Matt. And uh, and then you have a classic, Raiders and Dolphins. But quickly, Hanzoos, our two teams are hooking up, the Jets mm. and the Steelers. Tell me why the Jets aren't going to win this game. Why they aren't going to win? Uh, Darrell Rivas gets scratched with a concussion. Um Look at you, so yeah. confident. I'm That's the only way twenty, this. unless twenty four is on the field, you guys win that game. I'm feeling good about this. I know Big Ben is going to be looking for a win here, coming off a rough game, but uh, I think the Jets are in good shape. Can't do it for you. Steelers in grave trouble if they don't win that game. That's for sure. All right. Well, we have the uh, we have the shame report up there for your perusal. By the time you listen to that, in all likelihood, ranks great stuff. Always pick sixes and beyond. Be on the lookout for that. NFL Fantasy Live. Handsome Hank doing his jazz. And the Around the League boys, at Dan Hanzoos and at Mark Sessler, 
NFL. Congratulations, Mr. Fancy Pants. You work at the NFL. Everyone knows it now. That's terrific news. Good for you. Bully for you. All right. Well, thanks to... uh, Wait, 91? Thanks to the great Nate Burleson, and that's how we're going to close it out here, Rank. And congratulations on the uh, the nice uh, Dieter Brock drop there. In the middle of an interview, that's a rare one. You know what? Listen how benevolent I am. I think that one should count for one and a half. Whoa. If you can do it on an, during an interview with somebody, that's pretty good. I, I think that raises the stakes. Number 91, Kevin Green's the only 91 I can think of. Let's do Kevin Green. Who, is there anyone else even worthy? Former Los Angeles Ram. There were some hot – is that what Sergei Fedorov wore? Was it Leslie O'Neill? I believe so. Fedorov wore 91, Fedorov right? was 91. Yeah. That seems right. Oh, I thought Leslie O'Neill. I'm thinking of, uh, of uh, Leslie Nielsen. Oh. I was thinking, like, I don't remember. <laughs> naked Gun, was yes. That, was that Naked Gun 33 and a half? Yeah, I didn't see that one. I don't remember. Third. Third. I didn't Unnumbered. even see it. That's how much I cared what? about that. I didn't see it. That's I don't care for it. I, the original is still a dandy. All right, listen. We jammed a lot in here. I feel, frankly, a little unsatisfied. I felt like we needed another half hour. But Black Tie cracks the whip and says what it's going to be. <laughs> and that's why people out there say... At Fire Black Tie, let let, <laughs> let him hear your thoughts about that. Well, he made it up. I mean, it's his That's Twitter. True. Are we going Fedorov or Kevin Green? I'm. You know what? Kevin I don't Green. care. I'm, no, I'm not going Kevin Green. Kevin Green. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. All right, you know what, Rank? He was a Ram and a Steeler. Of that, course. You like the Rams. I like the Steelers. All right, we'll do that. But Fedorov really in the history of his sport is greater than Kevin Green was in the history of Dennis his Dennis Rodman at one point wore 91 as well. No, I think he wore 93, didn't no, he? No, 91. 91 because it added up to 10. He's I, 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 He doesn't need any more Stupid. attention than he's already got. <laughs> at NFL UK Hank, at Adam Rank, at Damashek. That's how you track us all down. We'll see. We don't know if we're going to do another podcast yet because we're so jammed up. We'll try to do another one for you. If we don't, we'll talk to you on the other side of the week. But be on the lookout for it. You know, just subscribe on iTunes and then all the guesswork's taken out of it. Speaking of guesswork, guesswork taken out of our uh, of picks for week two. Rank and I jumping into the DeLorean <laughs> and jumping into the future. Look for that uh, Sheck to the Future on NFL.com coming up later in this week. All right. Fine job, fellas. Swell time as always. Black tie. Nice tip of the hat to the working man sitting in the turlet there, handing out those uh, those uh, those combs in the in the green juice. Disgusting. I would never put one of those in my hair. All right, we'll be back with more Huey and applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.